Hello and welcome to this very special edition of the Get Your Film Fixed podcast. I am Chapin Hemingway, joined as always by Jeremy Fisk, but no Lee. And Jeremy, no you Lee. requested a minute to uh, explain where Lee has been. <clears throat> I'd like to know. So, yeah, let, no, let I just I think I think we owe it to our audience to be honest with them about what's happening in the Get Get Your Film Fixed world, and um, there was an incident with uh lee had a uh, a butt plug incident it was yeah. uh it was i think it was did he say it was glass it was made of glass or something like that and it just didn't go well there was a a, a sex capade he said and um he's been gone i mean he hasn't been on the show for like three weeks now so it it it, it wasn't pretty but you know, hit, we're not shaming. We're not kink shaming. He can, you no. know, whatever you need to do. But there I, was I, a. I, I can recommend plug. the rubber ones. The rubber yeah. ones work a little bit better. They don't. A little bit better. Brittle. Ex- exactly. And um, so he just hasn't been able to sit in a chair to do right. this because of the butt plug that exploded in his ass. Right. Right. So he's and he's taking a vacation to Maine and he's been there for nine or ten days and i didn't even know there was enough to see in maine for nine or ten days so i mean he's been on vacation for for longer than uh most people go on vacation in their lifetime so yeah 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 yeah. it's fine but uh, but unfortunately he's not been able to enjoy it because of the butt plug incident the the excruciating pain and and unfortunately the only way to i I was actually chatting with a doctor friend of mine the only way you can really figured that out is to just sort of pass it so like you know yeah. much like a um a kidney stone you kind of have to just you sort just of gotta like get work yeah, it out. get the shards yeah. out it's all right yeah. but you know we we wish thoughts and prayers be careful more careful next time lydia yes okay so um this podcast we're going to talk about jordan peele's nope 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 uh we we reviewed his last film us um, and I, did we ever, we, we talked about get out unofficially, but I don't think we actually did a real no, podcast on it. We didn't. Yeah. We never did a, a official podcast. Yes. Okay. All right. Well, Jeremy, my, my, I'm hosting today. So my, my question for you is I, you know, Jordan Peele's a very interesting filmmaker. I think he's made three pretty pronounced films. Um, I think one is very, very good. It received a lot of attention. Not what did he, I think he won the screenplay, best screenplay for, uh, get out and um, I think you know more tepid reviews for us, but not an uninteresting movie. I um, thought it was good. I you know. I know yeah, you liked it. Good. I thought it was interesting. Like yeah. I, I, yeah, go on. And I think the most important thing is he's he's a uh, really the only filmmaker to emerge recently in relatively recent times. Um an auteur who works in genre, you mm-hmm. know? Um, I mean, I think of like Christopher Nolan or James Cameron or M night Shyamalan, um, Shyamalan but, and ding dong. Shyamalan and ding dong. Um, is how you, his full name. Um, <laughs> but, uh, so I, but I think, you know, it's really interesting for us to follow this guy's career because he's only made three films and we've seen them all. <coughs> we can analyze them, but I'm, yeah. I'm, I have two kind of questions that are similar for you. But my first is, what kind of filmmaker do you think um, Jordan Peele is? And, like, where is he going? And then what kind of filmmaker would you like to see Jordan Peele become? 
Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I... So, the, the first part of it, what he is, is he is a very unique screenwriter in that like he tr- like he's able to reinvent he he looks at things from different angles than what we've already seen and i think that's super interesting like he'll take a genre and say how can i come at it from a different angle which is very difficult these like this day and age like because a lot has been done as much as people say there's always more that can be done like a lot has been done to come at a thing from a different angle which he does here which he did which he did with us like which he did with get out like it it's it's super smart. Like he just come like it doesn't always work and we'll get into the details of that with nope is about what 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 does work and what doesn't work and like but it but it's really smart of him the way he does it. What do you do you think do you feel that way like when you're watching a Jordan Peele movie you're like, "Oh, he's he's like he's and I hate the word reinventing, but he's like doing something different with like the alien genre or he's doing something different with like the horror." Like yeah. he's trying to come at it from a different angle. He's not just recycling what we've seen over and over again. Yeah, totally. I mean, I think he uses genre to his advantage. Um, yeah, for sure. I love it. So, is that? Do you want to? Do you want to see him keep doing that? Do you want to see him go? He, why not? Why not? Keep like, going. The, yeah. I mean, I would say like he's most comparable at this point to Shyamalan. But like he could be Spielberg, he could be, and I'm just talking about like the kind of movies he makes and, um, you know the themes. But he could be the Spielberg. Way, the he way your be... question was asked made it seem like he should be trying. He should be trying to do something different, trying to do something that he hasn't. But I, I think he should keep going with what he's doing. But I think he does has done something different. I mean, every one of his films has been really different from the last. Don't you think? Yeah. No, uh, you think each film is different from the other films he's directed? Well, I, I guess it, like, um, I think they are, um, superficially, like they look different, they sound different, they have different actors. Mm-hmm. I think like thematically they're a little different, um, I mean, this movie compared to Get Out, I think is much, they're much different films. I mean, like Get Out has a lot of comedy and a lot of like um, it feels very quick-witted and and it's got a for a sort of pace to it that this film is slower and um. But all right, well, tell me what you thought. I'm curious to know what you thought of the movie. I mean, I enjoyed it. There, there were certainly points which. I didn't quite understand during this movie. Um, but overall, I, I really enjoyed it. I, I was okay. uh, like certainly intrigued by the, uh, by what like the, what the characters were going through and like figuring out how to deal with this. And then they like kind of 
uh, talked about how, um, I, I don't know, like with the alien movies, it's always like, why, why, ha why hasn't anyone documented it? Or like, why? And it was really interesting that this, this was less about aliens and more about the, the film industry. Right. Right. Okay. Well, on that note, what to, to you, and I've, I have to be honest that I had to do a lot of research to sort of congeal my, my, my feelings about it. But to, yeah. to you, what is this movie about? It's about this the movie film is, industry to me. You think? A hundred percent. Yeah. That's not just the fact that you work at it. And, and it's, there, well, I mean, I could relate to it like very, very much. Even the point where like they, the very uh, beginning of the movie, when the horse, they had to have the horse on set and there's green screen and, there was a safety meeting and everyone was just like, right. oh, yeah, pretending to care. That's, there's a lot of pretending to care in the film industry when yeah. really you just want to get through the day. Yeah. They just yeah. want to get through the day and they don't care about anybody but the what has to happen. Right, but, right, um, right, right. You know, with the, the, the whole thing with the cinematographer trying to get the, the one shot. Um, yeah, I... I feel like, yeah, it was it was it was about the the difficulties and the ridiculousness of working in the film industry. Hmm. Okay. Well, tell me more about that. Um, so we should say that you know I don't know if anybody's listening to this who hasn't seen the film. We're gonna spoil it. So yeah, a little spoiler. Uh, maybe you should see it. But so Daniel Kaluuya and his, and his uh, sister, played by Kiki Palmer, uh, sort of have inherited. Um, this business of their fathers that where they are, they're horse wranglers. Right. I recently had some wranglers on set. They were dog wranglers and it's a, it's a unique position. Right. Um, not one we always have. Um, and they have a, have a ranch um, outside of LA and they bring horses in for film shoots. And um, we see a little of that. And, uh, but I think, you know, I, and, and some of the reading I did on the film, I think you might be, you're definitely right about the film industry and there is the sort of, um, uh, there's, there's definitely like the specter of, of movie making in the background. Like, uh, there's another character, Steven Yoon plays a character who was a child actor who witnessed a tragedy on set where a monkey killed a bunch of <laughs> cast members. Um, yeah, and yeah that was, that was of, the part I didn't quite understand how it related to the rest of the movie, but go on. Mm -hmm. and has since sort of become kind of a carnival barker and like makes, you know, created this little sideshow outside of LA that's near the um, Daniel Kaluuya's ranch. And um, so the film industry is kind of definitely involved in it. And we eventually bring in this cinematographer played by Michael Wincock, Wincott, um, who is intent on helping them capture an image of, this UFO that is sort of haunting the valley where they live. Right. Right. So basically it's saying movies, cinematography can save or, or captivate something that can't be captured, which I kind of agree. Like it's all in, in the sense of what's important when it comes to making movies, that's what's important is captivating something that can't be captured. Um, but <laughs> while doing it, 
you're risking you're risking your life and um it's not quite worth the pursuit do you feel like that was yeah i think and this is again from what i've read in interviews with jordan peele is that the movie is basically about spectacle and the sort of the great lengths we go to capture spectacle and the way we're sort of sort of ca- uh, ourselves captured by it and our go-to to capture it. And I think that there's a lot of things in this movie. So, so, so Kiki Palmer and Daniel Kalua want to capture images of this UFO that right. no one's ever That's seen the before. Whole point. Yeah. So that they can make money off of it. And they get some other characters involved to help them. But basically that's the objective. Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of analysis of how that happens in the film, you know, so there's a scene where, Daniel Kaluuya is, you know, it's a very sort of rem, uh, familiar horror trope where a light is turned off and on and he witnesses these figures moving around that he thinks are aliens. And his first instinct is to, you know, he's sort of been trained to do this. He, he whips out his flip phone, of course, not an iPhone. I think that's important to note and attempts to take a picture of this thing that he believes is posing a threat to him. You know, and like that's 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 what he wants to do. That's what we want to capture, and that that spoke so much to me. I like to tell a little story. So, um, I went my the, my my last international pre-COVID trip was to Mexico City to watch the Formula One race. And you know, if you know how a race works, you get a seat, and uh, every time the cars make a lap, you see them drive by, right? And then for the for the rest of the time, like some, yep. you know, like you're sort of sitting there, Boring. and and. Every time they came down the stretch in front of us, the guy sitting next to me would hold his cell phone up to film them. And there are 80 laps yeah. in, a, in, a, in a race. What are you filming every time? And it would drive me nuts because I couldn't see, I couldn't see the race because the goddamn phone was in the way. And was he like, hoping? Are you hoping? Like, well, when you go to see a race like that, are you hoping somebody crashes? Like, is I mean, that... Somebody always crashes and someone did crash. Yeah, but was that uh, cool? I, it was cool. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if, uh, but I mean, there's just like, we, I think there's a couple things going on. One, we're just like, we are sort of captivated by spectacle. And this is something I had to glean from a, a bunch of other reviews, yeah. but also like every moment we want, I got to think about like people who get pictures with celebrities and I'm sure you've done that at a rap party. With yeah, my, I did it with Adam Scott once and, yeah. uh, um, he, I, I forgot how to use the phone, so I forgot that like how to do the reverse. So he, mm-hmm. so I, 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 put the phone up to. It was actually me and Sarah, we were, and Adam Scott, and we were going to take a picture, but it was facing the wrong way, and he, he had to be like, oh, just push this button. But yeah, yeah I had to really do it. Embarrassing. Yeah, I don't even know where that picture is to be honest. It's right, somewhere. and so like yeah. that's exactly my point. Like, what is our obsession with getting photos of people? Like, I yeah. mean. You could just say you saw Adam Scott, you know, like, yeah, I mean, did you post that anywhere? Anyways, it's just like we have to capture everything. Right. And I think there's something there here in this film, but there's a lot of other layers. There's a lot of other layers in the film. It's like, again, I think you're right. It's like it's kind of a critique of of the entertainment industry. Right. Like, and again, I had to read this. This isn't my own interpretation, but I think the monkey, you know, we open on that scene. We open on sort of the aftermath of this um 
of this attack by this monkey. And, um, you know, and then we we cut away from it, not knowing what we do, not sort of knowing exactly what we just witnessed and how it connects to the rest of the story we're going to see. Um, but, but how you know, does, I, I, I'm curious what your thoughts are and how it does connect to the rest of the story. Cause I still so haven't it, been able to figure it out entirely. Other I think than it's the critique on sort of the entertainment industry. Well, I think it's this idea that you can control nature. Yeah. That you, that you can like bring this wild animal into this environment where like that feels artificial, even to human beings who have Mm -hmm. the intelligence to understand that. And then you start having balloons pop on the lights and this thing explodes. And, you know, in that same way, how does that relate? Like, I get it, but so Steven Yoon having survived that and felt feeling this camaraderie with like, as if he's some special, you know, connection to animals thinks that he can tame this what eventually we find out this ufo is not a ufo but a flying alien or like a it's it's, it's an organic animal yeah and he feels like he can tame it because he's because he was this sole survivor of (laughs) of um but i i agree with you that like i i don't think there are there and 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 again my my not again my my a big criticism I would have with this movie is there are elements like that that don't connect back very succinctly and clearly to the the meat of the story. And Stephen Yeun's character is a great example of that, and one I wish we could spend more time with. But the the film obviously has a lot invested in him and sort of what he's created in that valley. Mm-hmm. Um, but we don't really get a great understanding of him. Would you agree with that? Yeah, no, for sure. Um, <clears throat> that whole thing. I, w- I wish, it's kind of hard to say this. It's like, I wish they went more into it. I wish there was like more of a, the, the world it, ex- itself that was shown to us in the movie expanded once that, again, spoiler, 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 once that whole thing happened where the alien ate the whole audience, like it, it, it touched on the world expanding a little bit with like a news thing or whatever, but really it was, I don't know. It Once that happened, I feel like you either have to go big independence day or you have to, st- you, you, or don't do that and stay within the ranch. And that was a little bit, that, that they was the part did, that felt they? tricky. Though they tried to stay within the ranch, but I don't think they should have done that thing where it it, it ate all the fifty people and the uh, tourists. Yeah, all the tourists and and then like there was no questioning of it really. There was just like a news thing like, oh, these people disappeared. Like, and then there was that whole TMZ thing where there was a motorcycle. Like again, critique of the the whole entertainment industry. And everything being about just capturing the salacial moment. Right. Yeah, exactly. Like, so this, they're in the middle of trying to capture the image and they've got like the, which we should talk about the IMAX camera, the yeah. <laughs> hand cranked IMAX camera, but yeah. um, they're, they're trying, you know, they've got this plan to capture the, um, the alien and, or on film and the TMZ reporter 
shows up investigating the disappearance of the people who were eaten by the alien in um uh what's his name's show and um you he they the, the the alien has some kind of like you know like kill it kills any electrical signal that it flies over so um it, the guy's riding an electrical bike and he crashes and like has a has a horrifying injury but and Daniel Kaluuya tries to rescue him but he won't get up without getting a picture and thus is then eaten by the alien yeah i mean it's it's not subtle that it's like critiquing the way the way we live our lives nowadays with everything being you know i did this posted online i did this posted online hey you're gonna rescue me hold on let me take a picture post it online um but i don't know i but this is what i like about jordan peele also it's like he can he can figure out unique ways to tell that story when you what do you mean by that like you mean okay like through the idea of this alien presence yeah yeah exactly he's taking uh old genre and and telling a story and critiquing our modern world um through it and there's not there's not many filmmakers that can do that nowadays yeah yeah i would agree with that i think it's impressive and the story itself like uh you sent me an instagram link the other day about quentin tarantino saying like like i don't remember the exact quote but something about like emotion is the most important part of a scene or whatever like he can still tell the story and we can still care about the characters and he can you know make that um critique about modern society at the same time which i think it's it's impressive because usually if you you you're you're concentrating so much on the critique of society that you forget you forget about the characters and the people and like you're telling an emotional story and I think he's able to like balance what with that. Us. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's kind of how I felt about us. That 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 may be the case, you know. Like, what do you think he was able to balance it? Yeah, I think that's one of his great works. I mean, I, I, I mean, his great talents is is, and it's like exemplified best. And I think in Get Out, like there's this like core story that you're mm-hmm. invested in because you like the characters, or you know, he 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 sets that up very well. But there's also this like larger, in some cases, metaphor um, that is being explained to us and. I don't know that that's like, I don't know that that is like, like, I guess I would say it still feels to me a little clunky. Yeah. I don't think he's, he's quite the like smooth filmmaker that maybe a couple more movies will make him. Um, But he's close. He's close enough that you're like, yeah, I'm I'm invested in whatever he does. I think what's sad about movies today is that like you don't really see things like this very often. And so he's still like a fascinating filmmaker to follow because, you know, they give him decent budgets to make very interesting movies. And they may not be like 
again, like completely ironed out, um, like maybe a Spielberg would do, like in Close Encounters of the Third Kind or, you know, Stanley Kubrick in 2001. You know, he may not be to that level. All, it's kind of a... All these new movies. Yeah. But, you know, he cited like Jurassic Park as a good example, like as an inspiration for this movie. And, right. Um, but, all so, right. So, like Jurassic Park, that's a great example for this because right. you can go one of two ways. You can do what he just did or you could do... I saw the trailer for that movie with the lion that is eating people. Idris Elba. Yeah. Idris Elba. What's the name? I'm going to look it up. Um, that's another clearly uh, inspired by Jurassic Park movie, but just lazy. It's just literally... <laughs> it's just a, a... Now a lion is big enough to come and kill you and you have to hide in a jeep and you know uh whereas this movie he's he's doing he's he's taking that inspiration and doing something unique with it yeah okay let's talk about what doesn't work yeah i i think the whole subplot of the the monkey um and what's his what's his name's character doesn't work yeah, I, I think I agree with you. I think there's just not enough there. It's just yeah. not. Um, yeah, he's just like, I mean, I find like, I think it's an interesting idea, but like. Yeah, um, the, the, you, the Stephen Yoon char- character. Right. And um, I, that doesn't work for me. Yeah, and, and uh, like. I think that, and that's a good example of, to me, like kind of what uh, a good reason a lot of things don't work in the movie is like, you know, he wants to have all this interesting thought provoking material in it. And Steven Yoon's story certainly is, but there's just not enough there to care about it. Right. Like <coughs> we care about um, Daniel Kaluuya and Kiki Palmer. And then the two people, they wrote the cinematographer and the, electronics guy from fries we care about them we care about them you know succeeding but we don't care about steven you we don't we don't really know that much no. about him we don't understand like what his job is really like he has an amusement park but he also like tames the alien how well does he know like does he has he seen the alien before like 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 what's the history here and like it kind of raises more questions than it answers yeah. and, and and i think the flashbacks are supposed to make you sympathize with him a little bit more, but just doesn't, doesn't work. Yeah. Do you think, what are you, what are your thoughts on the flashbacks? Themselves? I mean, I like that scene. I think the scene is interesting. And once you like put it in context with, you know, the understanding that, you know, this is like, you like, like, I mean, I think it works with your point of view about the film industry, right? Like, yeah. I mean, with your, with your work, I mean, have you ever, you know, you throw 150 people working, you know, with unlimited sleep and trying to, you know, on a really tight deadline into a dangerous location where people aren't really supposed to be. Right. It's a recipe for disaster. And then the same way, like you put a, a lot, you know, like a, 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 a live animal onto a, a, a film set and something goes wrong and it freaks out. Yeah. Um, I did want to ask you just while we have it. So, okay. So skipping ahead to like the end uh kiki palmer 
go runs into the um is it a theme park what do we call that steven yoon's place like is it a yeah sort of like a theme ranch or something <laughs> yeah it's like one of those touristy uh ranches where you can pretend to be in the old south yeah so she runs and she's like the, the aliens kind of pursuing her it's like well we'll talk about it but it kind of it's unfolds yeah yeah, it, the alien kind of unfolds into this beautiful image. Um, but it the way she ultimately defeats it is by releasing this big balloon. Now, I wondered, um, this I am thinking of originally, so all credit should go to me. Uh, yeah. the, the monkey goes crazy because a balloon pops. And ultimately, it is a balloon popping that uh, mm. kills the alien at the end. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So... That, I, I I don't think you had a question there. You just wanted to show that you so figure that out. But do you do you think there's a connection there? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I think I think I think you're right. I okay, think you're yeah. right. Um, for sure. The he's definitely trying to do like parallel stories. Yeah. With with that the flashback and everything, but they don't tie enough together. I think in, in my mind to like justify them and i would have personally liked to have seen more i don't know like do i want to see more steven yoon or like what what's going to make that work what what's going to make those two stories come together and i don't think he quite did it i mean he was definitely and this this is an example of somebody telling uh allegory emphasizing the allegory more than the story itself. Right. Right. Because. Yes. Well, what, and what is it an allegory for? Well, we've already kind of talked about that. Like, um, whether it's the film industry or our obsession with, uh, not technology, but being famous, you know, having, having everything photographed and you know that sort of thing i don't know like okay it's, de- it's definitely one of those so because the alien has this sort of emp quality to it where electrical signals fall off when it's uh, uh, nearby yeah they can't capture it on camera so they got to go back to the well to film and not just to film but to hand crate film because it, anything with an electrical circuit won't work how much did so, you love that, Chapin? I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. And of course, the my, uh, Kiki Palmer and Daniel Kaluuya are descendants of the first film star, being the black jockey, Jamaican jockey, who's riding the horse in that. Which first, is all. Which is all true. That is true. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure that was either hand cranked or photographs put together. Um, so Michael Wilcock, the cinematographer, shows up. Looking for looking to capture the impossible shot. That's how it's uh, pitched to him. Yeah. And he shows up with an IMAX camera. Didn't know they sold those to the public. But no, it he, has said he, a, he said he built it. He built it. But it has IMAX written on it, on the camera. Yeah, well, he built an IMAX. He built an IMAX and he branded it. Yeah. Um, and so he's modified this camera with a hand cranking um, mechanism, which... Uh, he uses so that he can capture this thing without, um, you know, without 
the use of an electrical signal. And so, interestingly enough, I mean, it could have been any kind of camera, but this whole this most of this movie was shot on IMAX. <laughs> I mean, what's the connection there? That's sort of strange, don't you think? Uh, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if there's an explanation for that, but uh, yeah, I think it's interesting for sure. I think it all goes back to the to Jordan Peele's um, comment on the film industry, to be honest. Yeah. And like, I think he really does. <laughs> the irony of it is like, I'm sure people making this film had like 20 hour days and like it was hell to work on. And like, there was all this, these issues, but it, while, while he's saying, Oh man, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's, <laughs> while he's commenting on how rough it is to work in the film industry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but overall though, do you like, if you just had to like go simpler, you, did you enjoy the film? I did. I did a lot. I did a lot. I think there's a lot of interesting things there. Um, I don't, I don't really, um, yeah, it's, it's hard for me to sort of like, um, Yeah, like, uh, I think we've talked about in the past how, and just to sort of simplify it, you know, we'd rather a movie be, strive to be something unique and interesting than, like, have the perfect Marvel film, for example. Mm -hmm. Um, And I agree with that still, and I'm, I'm, I'd much, I'm, you know, was so much more excited to see this than any of the new Marvel movies that have come out. Um but I do think there is a certain aspect of playing with the big boys, for lack of a better description. Like, you know, he's aiming high with this movie. For sure. You know, he's got he's got Hoida Van Hoytema behind the camera. Nolan's guy shooting on 65. It's a gorgeous movie. You know, Daniel Kaluuya is a respected actor now. And, um, you know, on loan from my theater company. Uh, right. But... And so the misses, when he does miss, it feels a little, I don't know. It feels a little more intense. Like, I guess because like the rest of the movie is so enjoyable and you're invested in it that when something goes wrong, it does feel like a little bit bigger of a deal. Yeah, you're right. But that's. Like the like I mean, and I have to ask you this because if, if the if the monkey sequence, which is opens the film and is flashed back to quite often, right. does not connect to the movie at all for you, I, that's a huge problem. I think that has to be a huge problem for you because it's like it's key to the story, but you don't understand how it connects. And I'm not sure that I necessarily agree with the, what I read about it either. I don't know that I know how it connects, but it yep. bothered you. Yep. So how does that? pencil out for you in terms of your evaluation of the film? No, that's a great question because yeah, yeah, as much as I admired this film and I appreciated what he was trying to do and I think he succeeded on a lot of fronts, um, I think there is failure here and it's harder for me to criticize this like you're saying because of the ambition um, 
then it would be like an like a you know whatever a Marvel movie or whatever your run of the mill movie is because he's trying to do something he's trying to say something he's trying to be unique he's trying to take a genre and uh, do something different with it which is hard to do nowadays like I I appreciate all of that but yeah there's there's certainly parts of this movie that I was just like not not on board with and and, and felt didn't work but yeah I'm sitting here saying oh yeah I didn't I don't like I don't want to criticize it because of its ambition you make a yeah. good point yeah performances what'd you think uh I thought I what was uh what was um what's his name Stephen Yoon what uh-huh. was he in before he was in Minari Oh yeah, okay. He was so good in that. I didn't think he was great in this. I didn't yeah, think he was not, great. He, I thought Kalu Kaluya amazing always. Mm-hmm, I thought mm-hmm. uh Kiki Palmer amazing. Um I thought the guy who played the uh the fries employee yeah. was was really good too. Yep. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, no, I thought Stephen Yoon. Hmm. I felt like that needed to be a different, like a, I don't know, a deeper character. But maybe that was the writing. Maybe that wasn't his fault. It, was, it could have been the writing for that. Yeah, I mean the char- like yeah, the performance felt much like the character, like not very fleshed out and yeah. Um, yeah, he says like in, when they ask him to describe what happened during the monkey massacre. He says, "Oh, just go watch the SNL depiction of it instead." Right. Um, another question for you about Peel. Like, if you if you can, like, let's put your fixie hat on there. Maybe this will make the fixies. Maybe it won't. Um, you can weigh in on that if you want. But how do you do? You see any? Are are you able to sort of make distinctions between Peel's writing and Peel's directing? And if so, like, do you think he's better at one or the other? Do you think? Um, you know, maybe he needs some, like, you know, he could always get a co-writer. Do you think maybe he has? No, I think he's better. He's a better writer than a director. I think as a director. I think that's probably true. Yeah. He's like kind of paint by numbers. It's his writing that makes his films interesting for sure. Mm. Like it's, it's, it's the way he navigates genre that makes his films interesting. And that's in the writing. I mean, I don't know how else to say it. Like, for sure, he's a better writer than director. I see that. I see. Yeah, I like that. Um, I do think he's a good director. I think there's, like... I know, like, but, it, like, here's the thing. Like, we're talking about him and, like, saying, like, how interesting his movies are and how yes. he he goes against genre, blah, blah, blah. But we're, like, kind of... It's definitely, like, a little bit of... Uh, hesitancy and like backing off of that like because I think he's not quite the director we want him to be yeah I don't think he's doing anything innovative directing wise okay I think I think that's true so remember I remember I had this feeling that uh, I think it was Kill Bill but 
We could also call it okay. Let's just call it Kill Bill. Like there, like that was just like a time when I feel like that and Inglorious Bastards and Django, like where Tarantino just kind of really transitioned to being a great director. Like he was an excellent writer, an excellent filmmaker, but he really just mm-hmm. like mastered directing and like you know kind of went out of that sort of indie oh, because he uh, he put a camera above the. Uh, uh, exactly. he, he built a set and then just like put a camera across and went yeah. like it did a pan like that. I don't know. yeah he did a he did, he the did Brian, a dolly the palma um so maybe maybe peel has that film left in him i don't know but i think you're oh, right i like, hope so i hope so though that's the thing it's like i really hope so um so when you when you mentioned that when you were explaining that I think what what I think is interesting about that is we we, we open the show talking about he's a, ge- a guy who likes to work in genre, and he takes imagery imagery and editing and music I think like Get Out is a good example of that to tell his story like it's not original beat by beat moments right like it's the jump scares and the the guy running and he's really good at it like, he's really good at like executing these things but he's not really doing anything original from that perspective. Um, but his screenwriting is really original and, and he's using these tropes and like adopting them to tell us his story through genre, which I think is interesting and maybe is part of his process. I don't know. What do you think? I, I, I just think he's, he's telling his story on paper and then not doing anything to fuck it up on film. Mm. Like he's, he's not doing anything wrong. Like his films look pretty, like, pretty they they're nice like he's not he's not doing anything where we're like ugh, that's bad filmmaking but he's just right. kind of tell he's he's you know taking like he knows that his the power is within that that screenplay and he's just trying to translate that in simplest terms to film okay all right I like that. Like it's just oh the 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 alien comes down. There's a spaceship. How do we do this? So let's put the camera here. All right, CGI. We'll do that. That's fine. But there's nothing like there's nothing where you're just like in awe of the filmmaking. I I think I agree with that. But I will say that I think the way they captured the alien in its final form was the closest to it. Like, well, that was again the screenplay. Are you talking about but, how she figures it out with the well and all that stuff? That's the screenplay. That was that was on paper. No, I just mean like visually how the alien unfolds uh, okay. and that sense of scale and like what it what it becomes and the way it sort of fills the sky. Like the guy understands visual effects in a way you wouldn't expect someone who didn't hasn't worked in them a lot to to understand and like filming them. I mean, it, it doesn't hurt that he's got. Nolan's DP helping right. him out, but um, yeah, like that last sequence I thought was just really <clears throat> magnificently done, <clears throat> and yeah, I I, I like the film look of it. I I particularly liked um, the day for night stuff. I thought looked really good. I think that that can often look really cheesy and fake, and it looked really good here. And there's a lot of stuff at night and you're like specifically looking into the sky and you have to sort of imagine 
what it would actually look like to look into the sky and like you there, there needs to be some realism there but you also have to be able to see these things they want you to see and i thought that was really well done yeah no i agree but i also want to like clarify that like if i had to pick if somebody like i would take the writer who's a filmmaker that has a clever or good screenplay over the better filmmaker that has no screenplay to work with. So right. I, 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 I prefer this and, and that is why I'm going to keep watching all of Jordan Peele's movies. Great. Well, on that note, we'll wrap it up. This has been the get your film fix podcast. Jeremy, thank you for joining me. And it was Lee, a tough to get you- started. We hope you uh, recover. Yeah. He's uh, eating a lot of lobster, trying to build up his muscles. And we just want to wish everybody out there, you know, safe sexual experiences. Uh, Make sure it's legal. Make sure it's safe. uh, Legal and safe, yes. Legal and safe. Um, Right. Thank you very much for joining us. And we'll see you next week with Lee.